Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people in their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, keep our audience entertained and occasionally perhaps even inspire, motivate, or educate while our guests build their audio legacy via this unique opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. So we're we're here with uh, Bob and Darren, our good friends, and um, they are um, they have a, a, a extraordinary stories. Uh, we're going to talk about um, who knows where it's going to go, but to set the stage for our listeners, we're. Uh, we are in San Leon, Texas, hanging out in the RV on a beautiful March afternoon. Um, Levon's here. Yay! Uh, Yay, Levon! Duchess is here, and uh, Little Boots. And Little Boots should be on the podcast. She is that. She's got a great story all herself. I mean, yes, she no, does. She has Darren. She's a survivor. She has Darren's attitude. We don't need her. <laughs> That's all the reason why we need her. <laughs> So, uh, and the podcast starts. <laughs> the podcast started a long time ago. We just we just now hit record. But anyway, I, we, we've missed some uh, nuggets already. So, uh, a couple things we're definitely going to talk about. You you guys were the first same sex married couple in a certain county in Florida, Broward County, Broward Fort County, Lauderdale. yeah, which which got a lot of media attention. And which so we're going to talk about why why it did and just the, that whole thing and then you guys uh went through harvey which yes, we which, did which y'all y'all story um was incredible so we're going to talk about that and and who knows what else bob is a worked in the er for many years he's got a few stories he wants to share about that and yeah <laughs> so anyway so what my first question i guess where is a good place to start so I think, um, I think the funny thing is at the beginning when we met, which, which, which have, we have totally different perceptions of how that occurred. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So two totally different stories. Let's start off on a friendly note with a cheers. Cheers, uh, cheers to the wine. Yes. <laughs> that will make this us? podcast. Are you going to join us? No, I'm good. Why? She's yeah, embarrassed no. to be. She's embarrassed to be with us already. Okay. <laughs> All right, so who wants to tell their story of how y'all met first? So, well, so I'll, give, I'll give some pre-course because <laughs> I, um, being in medicine, I lived in, in Fort Worth, Texas, and I was um, activated to go to Houston, which is where we live now, and I'd never been to Houston, never knew anything about it. Circo. Yes. Wait, no, what time period is this? Um, 2008. Eight. Okay. Um, around the um, early September area, um, I was activated to come and help when Hurricane Ike hit Houston area. And so I came down and ran an emergency room for three weeks, 24 hours a day, night and day. Uh, amazing. Same underwear. We took a bath in the, in the lake um, in, in order to get ourselves clean, to run the emergency room. And so I, I ran uh, an emergency room in Cypress Fairbanks. 
um, in Houston for three weeks um, during Hurricane Ike, and then finally was relieved and able to go home um, to Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth, where I lived. And I got home at about four o'clock in the afternoon. I was exhausted from from the three week tour of duty. And a friend of mine called and said, um, it's Pride Festival in Dallas. Would you please come? And I said, no, 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 no. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've been in the same clothes, the same underwear for three weeks. It's not pretty. Bathe in the lake. Yeah, bathe in the lake. lake. We're we're gonna come back to that by the way. I've got a lot of questions about bathing in the lake. This this isn't my my finest moment. (laughs) Um so and so but wouldn't a friend wouldn't let up and said I needed the relief, so I said, Okay, I will come and have one or two drinks in Dallas for the Pride Festival, but it's a forty five minute drive, then I need to go home. I'm exhausted. So I I came to Dallas. So this is kind of where our story and the perception of what happened. This is where it gets different? This is where it gets different. Okay. Bob, Bob, why don't you continue on and then uh, Darren. So, so. We'll hear the other side. There I am, exhausted, having saved multiple lives. And I can tell you a story. That's a separate story about the the things that happened during then. Uh Uh, But there I was with a friend having a drink. At the Country Western Bar, the Roundup in Dallas, um, I know the bartenders. It's a great community place. I love it. And I'm having a drink and just minding my own business at the bar. And a friend of mine said, "A friend of mine, Robert, also said, oh, my God, I want you to meet my friend Darren.'" And I said, "Oh, and Darren was there, obviously much younger than me." And was there, and I said, "Oh, my God, nice to meet you. You're a very attractive man." It's nice to meet you. This is my part of the story. Nice to meet you. And I mean, within like, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about lightning striking speed minutes. Darren flipped up his cellular phone and said, oh my God, nice to meet you. What's your phone number? And so me being tired, being, having a couple drinks. I said, oh, this is my number, and I gave him my number, and that's what happened, and he paid, he left, and everything went on. A week later, on a Sunday, I'm laying on my couch, watching TV, minding my own business, doing nothing, and I get this call saying, oh, what are you doing? How would you like to go out and get a drink? And I said, oh, okay. So... Needless to say, I will say, he was younger. He's a nice, attractive young man. So I hurried up and took a shower and got in my car and went to his house. And, and we, we, um, we went out that evening. Um, we went to karaoke. Um, somewhere in the middle of karaoke, all of a sudden, he, knowing that I was in medicine, oh, he, that's so he, he, developed, he developed this, <laughs> this medical condition in which he couldn't talk. And he had laryngitis and he wasn't feeling You're good so, full of crap. <laughs> so, I, so i took him we went back to his apartment and i said oh i'll 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 stay here sleeping totally separate uh, nothing happened uh, she stayed i was saying that and he was okay i had to get up at 4 30 drive 40 miles back to fort worth get a shower put a suit on drop 40 miles back to dallas go to work all day and then I said, why don't you come to my office and come to my house tomorrow night? Let's make sure you're, you know, you're feeling better and you're okay, being the medical, hypocritical oath person that I am. <laughs> and um, the end of the long story short, because this pod can't go on forever, is we've been together every night since. And we've been together 10 years. 
Okay, Darren. Bravo. Darren, okay. tell your fictitious. I, 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 <laughs> I want Darren to tell his fictitious rendition of the story. I felt the path diverge real was, quick when... Okay, anyway. I was drugged. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have all your kidneys? Yes. Uh, well... <laughs> The last ultrasound <laughs> showed I was intact. Okay, and, and at what point of the story is does your version become different than Bob's? Well, well, okay. The night, yeah. the, the night. I want to hear this. Sit, hush. You see this? <laughs> Close it. So, so the night that I, you know, and I always stayed busy all the time. It just so happened that particular weekend. Um, I had um, no rehearsal, no work, nothing. And so um, a friend of mine invited me out, so I went out for Pride. It was Pride. And I thought it was a Sunday, actually. So I went out, and we were in a great time. And about the time that, that we have a mutual friend named Robert Charter. And so Robert said, because I was going on fumes, literally. I had two pieces of toast that morning. That was it. And and drinking, drinking, drinking. So I was like, I have to go. I gotta go get something to eat. I said I can come back. And so anyway, Robert Charter came up as I was paying out at the roundup so I can leave. He goes, Darren, I want you to meet my friend. This is Doctor Bob. And I was like and I was trying to pay out to go. Hustler. And and so because the way <laughs> The way that Robert put it, this is Cold Doctor. Digger. Cold Digger. <laughs> no. Trust me, I wasn't impressed. But the point was, You're because, still here. Because, the, because of the way that Robert said You're it. You have to rate this podcast. <laughs> Dr. Bob. I said, oh, Dr. Bob, it's nice to meet you. And I was just joking. Let's and I had my flip phone and I flipped it open. And I said, and what's your number? What a coincidence. <laughs> I was joking. So you were facetious about it. I was. Yeah, he was joking till okay. he called back the next Sunday. I didn't make the initial call. Okay. You had your time to talk, hush. So, <laughs> so I was being silly. True love. And I threw the phone open and I said, so what's your number? And, and I was joking. And then he started to give me his number and I was like, oh, crap. You didn't so, have to take it. Well, I felt obligated. Oh, God. And so I started to put <laughs> the information in and I did and I paid out and I went on and it was it was a week later I continued drinking and having a good time I completely forgot about you yeah. and so a week later um, I found myself in the same situation a weekend off with no work which was very unusual and and what, what, what work were you doing at the time acting um, I worked at my day job at uh, today's staff at corporate I also um, Freelance. I, I was doing three different things, and so it was very unusual for Picking me to have. Picking up old men. Do what? Picking up old men. I said. Well, oh. look where anyway, that, look where that got you. So the um, anyway, it was unusual. So I had the next weekend off, and usually I would go to East Texas to see Barbara, my good friend Barbara, and um, I just decided to stay in town, and I was bored. And so I thought, you know, I want to do something, but, you know, you don't like to go out and do stuff by yourself, you know, all the time. And so I thought, I want to do something, but 
And then I thought, oh my god. I'll call that desperate old man. Yeah, that old fart. Let me, <laughs> let me ask. <laughs> I didn't expect him he to answer. He did not think that. Did. Why, no, why didn't you expect him to answer? Because I, I, I was like, you know, you know, we have a phone number. I say, oh, let me call that Dr. Bob. You didn't dude. think it was serious? When he, when, I, who knows? I didn't yeah. really, at the time I could care less. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, let me take your number, whatever. So anyway, I called and he answered. And so, um, did he sound surprised? Oh, geez, desperate. Ah! <laughs> He's obviously a hooker. Whatever. He was so high. And so anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, you know. I just, wish I was high. <laughs> I was bored. And so he's like, yeah, let's get to you. And so I said, I can come meet you. Or, and he goes, no, I'll come to your place. So he came to my place. He shows up at the apartment. I said, would you like some wine? And I had some Carlo Rossi. He had Car okay, this is what got me. Okay, Carlo Rossi. Okay, nine ninety eight for a gallon. Okay. <laughs> But you drank it. Well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Whatever. So anyway, I, I had to go by the mall because he was like, let's go out for drinks. So I said, that's fine. I had to go by the mall and get some stuff. And then we went down to um, Cedar Springs and all that. And we hung out. We went at JR's and all that. And then the evening wore on. Anyway, that night, we went to the Roundup. And we had met some friends along the way that you knew. And got to the roundup, and then um, it was karaoke. So I put it into karaoke, and I was going to karaoke um, a duet with your friend. Can't think yep. of his name now, but anyway. So I started feeling funny. And by the time they called me up it to sing... It was butterflies, because you were with me. Whatever. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> by the time they... They call it was me. gas. That's what it was. No, wait. <laughs> whatever. But the time they called me up to sing, I knew something was wrong. And it, and I can feel it in my voice, and and I and you can hear it too. It was like oh my. And so after the song, um, got off the the platform. Oh doctor, I'm sick. Do you do you need to speak? No, go ahead. Okay. So anyway, get off the platform, and I go over, I walk up to Bob, and I'm, I told him, I said, we need to go. There's something not right. So he says, fine. So we, because we, we were in his vehicle, so he drives me back to my place. And by this point, I'm running fever. And this is the honest to God truth. So he goes, well, I think I need to stay and make sure you're okay. Uh, uh. I'm nauseous. So, Dr. Bob, your expert opinion, was Darren running a fever? I was like, it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I'm tired, I live 40 miles away. If you don't feel good... No, so what he does is he gets in my bed. Without you? Yes, without me, absolutely. And so, but I was like, I was, you know, you know how fever is. You get cold, you get hot, all that stuff. So I was in and out of the tub because I kept thinking to myself, I just need to get warm. And I get in that, the tub of hot water and then I like, I need to get out of the tub. So I was miserable. And so at 4.30 in the morning, I'm sitting there on the floor. Naked. Not naked. I'm just... Whatever. You wished. 
Anyway, so I'm in the living room on the floor, leaning against the couch, and I'm just drinking wine because I know he's in my bed, and I say whatever. So he finally gets up and he goes, "I need to go home to get ready for work," and he goes, "I want you to call in sick and come meet me at my office today at whatever." And I'm going to take you to my house so I can look after you. And so that's what happened. And who, when you came to my house, what was the end of the deal? Peanut. Uh, see? <laughs> so, okay. That's the only reason why I He walked into the door and my golden lab like fell in love with him and wouldn't leave his side. And so then he decided to stay forever. <laughs> it had nothing to do with me. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ten years later. So, <laughs> I don't want to bore. So that's the I, meeting story. Okay, so that's the meeting story. So, but before we jump to to how y'all got just, to Florida and yes. when you got married, I, okay, I want to go back to the bathing in the lake for just a second. Oh my God. Okay, I, I assume that was uh, because there was no power, there was no electricity, there was no power, water, okay. there was no air conditioning. We were sweating, we were working. I mean, I can throw in some. So you know, so imagine. To throw in a little bit of the medical stuff. This is not part of my medical stories, but right. uh, you know, like so, you know, people in a hurricane when there's no electricity, nothing's open. There, there's, there's no air conditioning. People are tense. They're hungry. They can't do anything. It was crazy. So running an emergency room was tough. Um, and I can, and so just to give you an idea where my mind was and what I had went through for those three weeks before I came home, was like, I remember on the last night before I could come home, I did the last shift in the ER, me and a friend of mine, Kirk, who's a nurse that Darren knows. We're very good friends. We are on the last night of running the ER thinking we get to go home tomorrow. Finally, we're so exhausted. And um, so a little medical history or so, the pharmacies weren't open. And there was no electricity, so people that were on a lot of medication, a lot of them couldn't get their medications. Medically, well, medically both ways, but medically that's dangerous for like heart patients and kidney patients and things like that. But it's also dangerous and tough for people that are on psychiatric medications. So it was hysterical. So, so the last <laughs> night we're working in the ER. Um, and I, and I don't even remember because we were so tired. I can't give you the whole... But the famous last case that Kirk and I had before we got to shut down and turn it back over to the staff and leave to go home was this man who came on um, and his wife was on psychiatric medications and she'd been out of them for three days and didn't have them and was just seeing things and going crazy and not feeling right and having all sorts of anxiety and everything. And to make a long story short, this guy came in um, and he came in and they put him off the stretcher onto our ER cart and in a plastic bag on ice they they handed us his right testicle. He pissed off his wife and she didn't have her psych medications and she cut off his right testicle with a butcher knife. And he's screaming in pain and they didn't bring her in. They I'm arrested her and were taking her to jail. And Kirk and I were like, only us. Only now. It's like four in the morning. We're tired. We want to go home. We've been here three weeks. And this woman cuts her husband's testicle off. And we got to take care of this. And so. Why would, I mean. Because she was a psych patient. You can't. How did, how evidently did, she was mad at him for doing something and thought that would threaten his manlyhood. And when as soon as he went to his sleep, she I took was, a butcher knife and she cut it off. I don't know. I, I didn't get into it. I mean, we had to give him antibiotics and get him to surgery and get things taken care of. 
But it was like only on the last night it was crazy. I was so tired. It was just, it was horrible. That is a rough day at the office. Oh my god! I mean, there were so many stories like that. But that you know that's just that that was like the straw on the camel's back. And Kirk and I were like, okay, we're ready to go home. This is enough. Is enough. Is enough. Yeah. Um, that's okay. It, 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 it was crazy. So I it's like my mind. You can see where my mind was going, and I'm like, yeah. I'm tired. I'm old. I'm at the bar, I went to have a drink, I went home and I went to sleep, and this hawk descends upon me with its claws. So moving on as quick as we can. Uh, <laughs> as quick as we can. Um, I want to go back to something uh, you, you experienced, Darren. You were, you had flu-like symptoms, fever and everything. You have this doctor staying with you. Did Indeed. you at, at, at any time go, hey, Dr. Bob, do you have any antibiotics out there? Because I'm like running a fever. Did you ever think no, about... No, because I'm the type of person I want to be left alone when I'm sick. It's like, just yeah. just leave me alone. I can get over it. But here's the thing. It's, and, and I swear to God, I swear he brought something back and gave it to me. So, it's my fault. Because never in my life have I... I'm a, a singer you know vocalist and all and so this hit my mid-register and it was it i've never had anything like that ever happen ever in my life since or whatever so i lost my mid-register for almost a month and i had everything below it and everything above it god if i could figure out how to get that to happen again so he can't talk (laughs) okay so bob just just for the record did you drug darren no. Okay. Yeah, you gave me something. I did not. Yes, you did. And you can say it till the cows can Three or four days later. Bullshit. Anyway, you, yeah. I, I'm convinced he brought something back from Galveston, some sort of... But I didn't give you any drugs. It's some disease. No, he's saying did I give you something drug-wise. No, I didn't give you any in. drugs. Anyway, the point is, I, yeah, that was weird, but it's so... The point is, hawk eagle with claws is the point. So or a defenseless old man tired after saving lives. That was ten years ago. Over ten years ago. Tell me about it. You weren't that old. You okay. Now, so, 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 so do we get to? So we want to fast forward. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's move on to Florida. Uh, okay. Maybe draw the bridge from Texas to Florida, and I can and, do that. Get, okay, go ahead. So I can do that because before I moved back to Texas, I'm really even though. Born and raised in the Midwest in St. Louis, but the majority of my adult life I spent in South Florida, West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. I love Florida. I love the diversity. I love the multicultural. There's people from Canada, from France, people from Haiti, people from the Bahamas, uh, people from from Cuba. So I love the, I, first of all, I'm a warm weather person. I don't do snow. I love the culture. I love the multi-diversity. So it's where I lived a lot of my life. So um, with work, I got transferred back to Dallas, which is or to Fort Worth, which is where I met Darren. And then for the first, you know, three or four years we were together, I was like, my goal is to get us back to Florida. I think you'd love Florida. I think you'd love the the climate, the heat, and everything. And he's very much a Texas person, didn't want to go. But um, my work opportunity changed so that I could go back to Florida. So in 2013, we met in 2008, and 2000, five years later in 2013 work made it so that I could move back to Florida to Fort Lauderdale which was my home my love where I wanted to go so we moved back to Fort Lauderdale in 2013 um, while it wasn't his famous place to go he, he really Darren's very much a private quiet personal person he doesn't ex- express or share his personal life with many people we're going down to Florida where it was very diverse 
um, and it was very open, and it didn't make any difference whether you were black, you were white, you were Jewish, you were Christian, you were gay, you were straight, you were whatever. I mean, everything goes, and nobody even thinks about it down there. Darren, his shell came down, and he really opened up and was like, you know, Darren used to laugh, when we first moved, we used to he used to laugh when we moved when we first moved to Fort Lauderdale because he was like, "Lord, if you're not gay, you're the minority down here. This is really weird. It's like it's like I, I you if you hide it, you're going to be ostracized. You're not going to be the normal down here. So we really met a wonderful, wonderful, good group of friends and people that again, um, you know, every you know, black, white, gay, straight, swingers, not swingers, alcoholics, not alcoholics, old, young. We met a really diverse group of people and really probably more so than anywhere came up with a close group of friends um, in Fort Lauderdale that it really became our community. We could we could go out any night, anywhere, on any street, to any bar and either know the bartenders, people in there, people said hi, how are you doing? It really was wonderful. So we, Fort Lauderdale really became a very, very important um, diverse part of our life and we, we really clicked into the community and felt at home there and the weight was off our shoulders you didn't need to pretend you could be yourself and it was really okay yeah so bob had had uh, previous experience with florida what what about you darren had you been to florida prior to yeah we'd spent time there probably the year prior to moving like pretty much for off and on i would say like almost half the year yeah because of bob's work so so we knew many many people um, so the, the move wasn't, it was almost like at first, it was almost like just another business trip. Mm. We made the move, but it wasn't so severe because we'd already met so many people from going there so often on business stuff. So that was fine. Although, you know, I left a lot of my, um, my work, my connections, all of that back in Dallas. Mm. So because of that, it was difficult at first. But like Bob was just saying, the community, um, you know, we we'd met so many people. Um, it was it was just kind of like stepping back, like on a business trip, mm. but it extended. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you know, and then in time, of course, you know, of course, the climate. I love the climate insofar as the fact that because I like to grow things, mm -hmm. and everything grows yeah. great, you know, in Florida, and the. That goes both ways. I mean, you love it because you could grow star fruits and coconuts and bananas and avocados. Right, well, for that. But, but, but then all of a sudden you would see it snowed somewhere else and you would be like, oh my God, I miss the seasons. I wanna, I'm going to go make a snowman. I want right, to go sleigh I'm just, riding. I'm just trying to address this question as far as that goes. But um, insofar as that, you know, it's, yeah, just what it was. But um, So next interesting part of the story, just in the interest of time to skip ahead. So we were in Florida probably... Two and a half, three years, um, and 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 so I have to preference this this with, which would really rightfully so because of my profession, I took care of kids a lot of my life, and Darren um, as a theater and music, but he wrote a lot of Christian music. Um, our personal life was very personal to us. It wasn't it wasn't anything that we hid or we lied about, but we weren't rebels for a cause. We didn't we didn't do a, a rainbow flag on our house, and we didn't you know oh my God way. for a cause. I mean, not embarrassed of who we are, but it's it's our private life in our home and so we didn't share that with a lot of people um you know never would lie if you asked but it's not something we did so very very private people so um we had um we had become in fort worth um 
kind of some history. Very, very close to our next door neighbors, um, Bill and Tara, um, who have two boys, uh, Wyatt and Carson, who are next door, and we, we love them. They, we, we became like family, and we still are. Mm. Um, the boys, Wyatt and Carson, they used to come and knock. It was too funny. They'd come and knock on the door, and I'd answer it, and then they'd say, can Darren, can Mr. Darren come out and play? And I'd say, I don't know, Darren's upstairs. And they would push right past me and run upstairs and see what Darren is doing. So so we became very, very close to them. They're, they're family. Bill's like my brother. Tara's like my sister. I mean, they're as close as any family could be. And Tara is also a CPA. So um, Tara has always handled my financial and investment and, and stocks things. Not that we have a lot, but what little bit we had, she's been very good about that. And so... Um, again, not being a rebel for a cause. We were never into the whole, got to make a statement, got to do the marriage thing. We should be able to have the same rights as everybody else. We lived our lives. We were normal, productive citizens. People embraced us. We loved them. We loved their kids. We trusted us. We just weren't into that. And, and so Tara, um, you know, privately, she said, you know, I realize you have all the paperwork. And she goes, I realize everything's okay. And you know, we love you dearly. And she goes, I know you. And I support you not wanting to be a rebel for a cause. I get that totally. She said, I w as a CPA who does your finances, I want to point something out to you. She goes, you know, marriage became legal. And we were like, we're not into all that. That, that the piece of paper means nothing. We're not into that. We're happy with our life. And she said, I get that. She said, but what I've got to tell you is she said, you know, she said on your salary in medicine, you realize you pay the maximum amount every year into Social Security. The maximum amount. And she said, you realize not being legally married, if something happens to you, Darren won't get your Social Security and Uncle Sam gets all that money. Mm. And that kind of hit resonance to me because, I, because you know, regardless of what we are, I still love who I love. Well, no, and I it hit resonance to me. And shut, I said, that's because we, well, we, go, we, go back, we, go, we go back. We go back to that hawk with the claws story. But anyway, but anyway. I digress. Yeah, I digress. But anyway. So, so Tara even said, she said, I don't care if you guys do it. You know, do it privately. We'll come and witness for you doing a thing. But she said, do that because you don't want Uncle Sam to have that money or Darren doesn't want to have it. If something happens to one or the other of you, you don't want Uncle Sam to have that money. You want it to take care of the person who you spent your life with. Well, it's if I put up with your ass for this long, of course I want <laughs> this that This is money. so great because this is validating everything I say and I'm feeling good about this. Well, you but anyway, be. anyway, Poor Yvonne. We're gonna we're gonna have to get Levine another drink. She's gonna listen to all this. But can I can I just ask a quick question about Floyd? Does, does common law marriage mm -hmm. apply to mm -hmm. any of the? I, I wouldn't. You think know, it, so. it does, but it does, you know, people say that applies everywhere. But our CPA no, was no. like was like it really doesn't. Okay, hold any, okay. You know. Right. So um so she said just do it. So 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 this is the funny part. So be in the quiet. I mean, we had our friends and we weren't. We were okay. Now, I mean, now, now, how long? Okay, at this point, when she said that, how long had we had been together seven years? Okay, but how long had uh, gay marriages been legal? Well, same-sex marriage. Remember, it went state to state to state. It wasn't right. the same across the federal. So that's where I was going. So, it, okay. So the, the the word came out and everything came out that on January the sixth, two thousand fifteen, same-sex marriage was going to be legal in the state of Florida which is where we live. And so I'm um, thinking about what Tara said. And again, for no, for no, like I said, no rebel for a cause, no whatever reason. Actually, actually, I was the one that was like, you know what? And I went to Bob and I said, you know, we need to think about this. Yeah. So 
And that's because I've never been. No. It's like, no. And it was like neon no. lights across his forehead that said life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I digress. So, anyway. So January 16th, or January Six. 2006, Six. 2016, the 15. laws changed. How, how much, uh, uh, what is the time frame we're talking about prior to when the law is going to change? It was effective that night. So what they did oh, is they, okay. they said the law goes into effect. This is how it happened. So they said, they said the law goes into effect at midnight, 1201 on January the 6th. Okay. We, and so, so Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, said we are going to start giving licenses at 1201. We'll be open all night that night. We have all the, the government workers coming in. We're in support of this, being South Florida. Yeah. Uh, they said at 1201 we're going to start giving licenses. And at 3 o'clock... We're going to have this mass ceremony of however many people are there, this wedding ceremony. So y'all can do it. So Darren and I looked and said, fantastic. Because, again, we didn't want to be the rebels for a cause. Well, we, neither just, one of us wanted to wear a dress or be in a wedding wait, or have dress. friends no, and wait, have reception wait, 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 and all wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Understand this too, Scott. At the time, Bob was doing a lot of traveling. And I was going to get to that. He was concerned about if something happened to him. Like yes. in a plane crash or something like that, you know. So there were the, these concerns, and I'm so, gonna get it over with. So we discussed the stuff, you know, and quit. So yeah, and wills so, and so, turns. So so so, so the long. So and the funny thing is, is so they said they're gonna do this on January sixth. We're gonna do it at twelve oh one. The wedding, the massive wedding ceremony is gonna be at three hundred at three o'clock in the morning, and we were like, okay, so we can blend in with everybody, and we're not, because again, we were private. We didn't want all this. The funny thing is, kind of thinking about the simultaneous at five o'clock in the morning i had to fly out for a business trip to go to work so i was like oh my god okay so we got to go get our license at 12 got to get married at three o'clock in the morning in this incognito thing so we won't stand out and i got to stay awake and get on a plane and go do a business presentation so but that's okay because i just i wanted to make sure darren was you're not sleeping that night no evidently yeah so 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 we so first of all we get there about 10 and we get in line and there's you know gobs of people in line but we get pretty front up line so we go to get our licenses at 1201 and we're number eight so it was going like okay this is good so we're number eight and we get our license here's where i want to see if it's so here's where it could change so we're at number eight and so we get our license and we're standing there so we're standing like in the lobby there and I'm like, okay, we got our license. We're number eight. It's like, you know, 12.30, 12.45. I don't know what time. I'm making up as I go along the time. But it was whatever period of time. And I was like, I can't We gotta, this, I can't believe we got to sit here and wait now till like 3 o'clock in the morning and do this, which will probably take an hour. And then i got to go to the airport and fly out at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay. My recollection, which may be different from Darren's, my recollection, it is. <laughs> it is my recollection is I remember there was this, there was media all around, because this was obviously a big Florida event, but there was this judge there with long blonde hair, a lady who was very, very pleasant and very nice. God love the judges that said, we'll stay awake all night, we're in support of this, we're divorced, we'll do that. So the way I remember we're it divorced. is there was this judge or somebody there that said, <laughs> wait a minute, that said, oh my, shut up, I don't know. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> well, see, I knew it all. I knew it all. I, I knew it all. tell the story because okay. you're obviously so anyway, okay, anyway, so wrong. So my, my thing, so anyway, so let's just go through and then he can tell his version. So to my recollection, there was this judge who said, oh my God, you have to fly out at five in the morning and I, and either her or somebody there and i said it's yes totally wrong. and so so whoever it was said oh my god there's a chapel right here come in 
I can do it right now. I, I can do it. You can get it. You can get done. You can get a couple hours sleep. You can do it. And I was like, oh my God, that is so wonderful. That is so nice. And as they said it to us, there was a couple of girls there that heard that. And so, um, you know, again, cloudy, skipping ahead a little bit. So we went into this room and this judge was there with the blonde hair, very nice girl. And she was like, I understand you guys have commitments and you want to get this done. Let's get this over with. So they said we could go first. And we said, oh no, there's two ladies here. Ladies first, let them go first. So they did the little ceremony for the ladies. It was quick and they went out. And then it was our turn. And she was like, come up. So we went up and she said, oh, you know, I understand you have to travel the next morning, blah, blah. She left, you know, I'm so excited we're doing this. So she started the ceremony. As soon as she started the ceremony, all of a sudden, lights came up and cameras came up and microphones came in front of us. And it turns out that the media heard her say, that she would do us ahead of time so we could go home and get some sleep before we had to travel the next morning. And they wanted to get the story on the first couples, male and female. And there we are, privately, not wanting anybody to know anything, know incognito, trying to get married. And there's microphones and TV cameras and lights, and it was carrying they, on, and they, they filmed the whole thing. Totally. They filmed the whole thing. And so after the ceremony, they're like, you know, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? What's what's your, like, big thing to say? And, and they looked at Darren, because he's used to being on camera. I'm not. And Darren was just like, well, it was time. That's and so, so that's funny, and that happens. So, again, the last thing I'm going to say is what's funny is, like, within hours, we're thinking, okay, oh, my God, we wanted to be incognito. We didn't want to be on the news. The whole world's going to know. Our privacy is gone. Okay. This sucks. Yeah. This is horrible. I hate this. <laughs> And like within hours, it was hysterical. We started getting Facebook text from our friends in Texas and our friends in California saying, oh my God, we saw you and Darren on the news. We thought you guys were arrested and in jail. What are you in jail for? And we were like, no, it's not that. It's not that. It like, it like hit the world. The first same-sex male couple married in Fort Lauderdale in Broward County. And it hit like the national news and our friend. And so, so much for wanting to be incognito, private. Not putting our personal lives on the, you know, on the media. We weren't into that. Didn't do that. And um, and it turns out we're, we're on the front page of the Miami Herald. We were like everywhere. It was mortifying. Well, you didn't need a photo album. Evidently not. Evidently not. And when you and when you Google now Darren Fimple, I encourage anyone to do that. Google Darren Fimple. The first thing that comes up is that we were the first male couple married in Fort Lauderdale, which which horrible, which which, which mortifies oh. him. And he's just because so all of his theater and his and his I don't care and his professional that. accomplishments. That's what comes up first, so, and that's not what we're about. So Darren has a little bit different of a perception of what happened. So, so we'll let him go. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Yeah. Let's hear your fictitious. January the sixth, two thousand fifteen. It was. But my story is quite different. Yes, we did agree. Everything that you know, we thought it was something because. Um, same couple marriage became legal in the state of Florida. And so we thought it was the right thing to do in respect to the fact that um, we had already gone to a lawyer and we had paid the money to have all these legal documents drawn up um, in case, you know, Bob has very little family. So the thing was, if something were to happen, you never know, there's still your niece, what's her face? Anyway, um, you never know. And so we thought, even though we had the documents drawn up, um, 
being legally married would absolutely, you know, bypass a lot of that crap. And so that's what we decided to do when we found out that legal, that marriage, same-sex couples were going to be legally able to get married in the state of Florida. And so on January the 6th, 2015, we decided to go to the courthouse where there was a mass, what you want to call a mass or a group, or marriage thing. People. Let me finish. You had your time. Close it. Close your dentures. I'm talking. Unfortunately, there's already been one divorced couple in Fort Lauderdale, so we can't hit the first I'm of that. I'm not done. So close it. Drink your wine. Drink your juice, Shelby. Anyway, so so we decided, um, and it's not something that I would have done normally um, for any other reasons except that that you know we'd already gone to the lawyer and we'd done this stuff and so I thought well yeah we should go ahead and do this so we got there early because Bob always wants to get to places early <laughs> so we got there early and we were like the first two in line or or three Eight. or four or whatever it was so when they opened the courthouse all right a 12 yes a one well, it wasn't twelve oh one. It was prior to that. Okay. And they you took the line. they took the first eight in. Okay. So the first eight went in. Us. And then they took us down to the the clerk's office. I guess is what you call it. Because mm. they were ready. Because mm -hmm. you had to wait till twelve oh one. But in the meantime, there was media walking around, mm. and they were going to be going behind and they were filming and everything and of course I, I was uncomfortable about this whole thing because I have always been a private person and, and worked very much in the church and stuff like that and I thought well I guess this blows that out of the water because now you know I guess we'll see all the hypocrites that come out now as far as you know everything and not that I've ever been a hypocrite in so far as the church goes but it's just that I thought I never held anything back. My thing was just simply now everyone's going to be, you know, aware. So anyway, I thought I don't care about that insofar as the fact, because there was media. But then when 1201 came around, boom, we, the marriage licenses were there and we got to sign the papers and everything else. And then they put us, they... Bob and I and two, uh, a female couple, took us back into the hall, and we were waiting for the other four to sign their stuff, and, and we were going to be escorted back upstairs, where we would have to wait for the 3 a.m. group marriage thing and all that. So we're standing there, the four of us are standing there in the hall, and this gentleman, this is where the real story comes. This gentleman who was a city official comes out and he's talking to us and we're discussing the fact, Bob and I are discussing the fact he has to catch a flight out at, what was it, five something? Five. And we were like, oh, it'd be so great if we can just get this over with and go home. And so he says, well, we've got a judge here if you want to get married right now. And that way you can just go home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that'd be 
great. And so he goes, yeah, come on, follow me. And so we, out of respect, because there were the, the, the two girls, the couple, we said, well, let, let's them go, you know. Anyway, they escorted us back to this room and the judge was back there. It was a female judge with blonde hair. I don't remember her name. We get back in there, and that room is filled with media. I mean, the entire room, nothing but news, cameras, microphones, everything. Had I known that, I would have never done that. So we were taken back there, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, no, let, let the girls go first. <laughs> And they were the first female uh, couple, Mary and Broward. And then they put us up on the platform. And of course the judge, she's doing her thing. And all of the cameras and the microphones are right up there catching the whole thing. And so immediately after they say, of course the cameras again are up in us, the microphones. And so they say to me, well, say something profound. And say something profound do like, y'all know who you're talking to and I just said it was time that was it and that's what they quoted that's what's in the media you can see it on google if you google it or whatever that's exactly what they there was a couple of the two women yes so anyway that's yeah. the way it happened there what the judge was was back there there was a representative of the Anyway, um, Broward County. county um. So, so one common theme I see, you know, details aside, one common theme I see be between you all, um, Darren, you you said that if you would have known the media would have been present, you would have never done it. Bob, you stated that you, I would have you, never you were done private it. and so. What 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 was the reason for the resistance from the public attention? I think it's because of our careers. I think it's because um, exactly. Darren does, Darren, while Darren's in theater and music, a lot of the focus and of church. his music is Christian mm. music and church. Mm. And, and we respect, and you know, the, the truth of the matter is we are, we are not rebels for a cause. We understand um, we're law-abiding, productive citizens, but we understand people have different thoughts and different values and different things that they believe in, and we don't ridicule people for that. So we understand with him in theater, I was in medicine. I took care of people's children, of chil of kids, of things like that. And, and I see all sorts of things in the media that, so, you know, you, you worry about that. So I think the fact is that we are very, um, we're very cognizant that th there are reasons to worry about people in all walks of life. Um, and, and, and we think that, um, you know, the fact that you're a productive citizen and you conduct yourself in an ethical, moral way and you have good relationships is what's most important. What particularly happens in the privacy of your own home behind your walls is really insignificant and inconsequential to what you do in the world. Um, where I think it becomes an issue is people that make it an issue and are a rebel for a cause. Again, as I've said before, I don't care what, what African-American people do in their own walls. I don't care what Jewish people do in their walls. I don't care what Muslim people do in their walls. I don't care what straight people do in their walls. I don't care what gay people do in their walls. As long as you treat people with respect, you're a productive citizen. You, you know, you respect and you follow the laws. Um, you know, it's none of anybody's business. And I don't think, and, and we're not proponents of shoving it down anybody's 
face or, or whatever, throat. Um, you know, people talk, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, even living in Texas. I know when I moved from Florida to Texas, people said, oh, my God, you're going to Texas. It's the most red, conservative, um, you, know, you know, you're a gay American male. It's going to be horrible. As I mentioned before, we live in Texas. We've lived in Houston now. We've lived in Fort Worth. Darren's lived in Dallas. As long as we conducted ourselves in a respectful, ethical, professional manner, we've never been um, discriminated or profiled against by our work, by our neighbors, by the people we live in the neighborhood with. As I said, we're like godparents to um, you know, our neighbors who are the closest friends to us. So again, I, I don't think it's about conservative, liberal. I don't think it's about religion. I don't think it's, I think it's about being a person and how you conduct yourself and how you keep your private life private, but you treat people publicly the way you want to be treated. And that's the way we've always dealt with ourselves. So again, other than the legal, um, again, with my salary, I pay the, the top amount in Social Security every year. I don't want that to go to Uncle Sam. I want that to go to Darren if something happens to me, um, you know, so that he's that's taking exactly care of... exactly what it should do. Exactly. <laughs> Smart Alec. And, and, and if he... And, and if he happens to die first, or, or I kill him and nobody can figure it out, I want the money to come Not to me. Uncle Sam, Uncle <laughs> yeah. Darren, right. no. but, but again, really, it no, really, it's again, again, exactly it's, no, it's so crazy. Again, so it's so funny. So it's like, again, like I said, we didn't do this as a rebel for a cause. We did it because of, I've worked hard for my money and I've put that money in there. Well, and when I leave, whether it's, whether it's a male, a female, an animal, you know, my aunt and uncle, whoever, they should be able to prosper and be taken care of that because of the consequences and I've had I, all through I've my life and the contributions. Honest to God, after the uh, media coverage that happened, I literally, I, I was in de depression for two days afterward. And I, I could remember that specifically. I do too. Our lives were put out on... Um, but I understand. Um, what I've done for the church and stuff like that was, was it's something I believe in and it's first my relationship, um, my spiritual relationship, whatever. But I felt like all of a sudden that my whole life had changed overnight. And I... Be because of the media coverage and yes, you had been be exposed maybe? And because or? of, because you know, because I, I, I wait a minute, I'm, let me, let me yeah, finish. But, because I felt like that um, not that I ever lied to people, but it was just that my personal life should have should have stayed that way. Just it had nothing to do with anyone. Sounds else. Sounds like they violated your privacy without your permission. Well, that's the media. But 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 in all honesty, I think they were trying to support saying you're just as important as everybody else. You have nothing to be no, ashamed but you're of. No, you're missing the point. No, I'm not. I get it. I get it. But 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 I don't think they were doing it. I think they were doing it. I think their thought process is they were doing no, it more to support missing, them malicious. You're missing my point. My point was strictly the fact that all of a sudden my there was a whole I different agree. part of my life that was made public that shouldn't have been without I your did, permission I, did, I didn't have uh, hurt anybody right um it wasn't like i would molested a child or anything like that right. it was all of a sudden um my personal life was made public all across the nation and it's in the first like bob said the first thing you say when you google my name is that whole thing and so it's like so i don't feel like i can be the same representative anymore in the church, which I wish that would be different. Well, it's like you said, if, if you would have known 
that they were going to be there, you wouldn't have done we, we, we just it, We just stood in the middle that, of the 300 crowd. Yeah. But for not, both of us. Not because yeah. I'm trying to be a hypocrite. No, Wait, not because I'm trying to be a hypocrite or a liar or anything like that. But it's just because I wanted to protect the fact that I don't want when, you know people looking at me and going, um, same thing in the work environment. I don't, I don't want people looking at me and going, oh, that's the gay one. Or, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't think there should be distinctions that way. Um, I'm a good person. I've always been a good person. I've contributed to society like the rest of us that are good people. And there shouldn't be that differentiation between just because you like this or you like that or whatever. Um, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, they, they only see, the, the public only sees what the media presents to them. And, it, and you have another side of the story that and is I not say, allowed to be presented. Which, which, honest to goodness, um, I understand it, and I see why people believe that, and I don't want to be a part of it. You know, when you see the media, they see, you know, the 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 gay people that are drag queens, and the gay people that are a rebel for a cause, and the gay people are saying they need this happen or that happen. And you know, it's not, you know, it's so not about that. What you do behind your closed doors in the privacy of your home really you, shouldn't have anything to do with the rest of the world. But you have to understand, drag queens have all the rights to to, to mean, express themselves should, i agree i agree there should be i'm any, saying i'm saying what happens is people get stereotyped and profiled and i don't like that well and of course they do but my thing is um my world changed overnight and that did. one decision if you will and so but and i will tell you it's it's and it, 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 it was but, tough it's turned out well but it's turned out to be very positive the truth of the matter is probably 98 percent of the people have said we knew we didn't think anything about it it wasn't an issue we love you both for who you are it really didn't make any difference well, to us which, which is a not which isn't which is a nice thing in the public but i will say the hurtful thing thank goodness it was the minority was the couple of people that said wow um really sorry to hear that can't honestly support you in your decision or your lifestyle and you know pretty much in, in, in not so many terms kind of ended the friendship and said just can't support that and these are people that were loving that you did things with that you shared life experiences with that you never hurt that you were no threat to them or what they believe in or their children or what they do but said just because of that mm, can't support it and we really pretty much no longer can be friends i can't support you in that and then, and then thank like i said thank goodness out of the hundred percent realm that was probably two percent out of the 98 percent um but typical human nature is you look at that two percent and say oh you know gosh i hate so, that because that's somebody i cared about a thousand years oh. from now people are going to look back at this and go oh these people were so dysfunctional yes i agree <laughs> what were they because by then, everyone's going to be mutated, and and people will. It'll be what sex is it? As for, it will be twisted. <laughs> well, there's already more acceptance of gay relationships now. So, so I mean, do I you, do you feel like that. okay? Yeah. So I just want to challenge that because yeah. do you think? And I agree with what you're saying, but but I but I try and always think abstract and out of the sure. box. Is there, 
is there more acceptance or is it is it really just people are starting to realize it doesn't make a difference I mean, I, I, and I, and I understand but there's isn't some that a, isn't that a form of acceptance? Kind of. It's like, it's whether you're black, whether you're a swinger, whether you're polygamy, yeah, whether you're acceptance. gay, whether you're, you know, and God, and I could go into a whole bunch of different well, things that I want to do in a, a political wait, conference, wait, wait, but wait. It's, it's, like, it's just, yeah, I, I guess you're right, acceptance, but I guess it's just, it's just more, I'm, I'm hoping that the world is going to, there's an emphasis more about what you are and how productive you are I as a citizen, to, how you treat no, other people versus what you do in the privacy of your own home. I have to say this. If I'm white and I marry a black person, record, if I'm gay and I wear a same-sex person, if I'm Christian and I marry a Jew, if I, you know, gosh, I hate to even get into it, but if I, I you know, I don't believe in guns and somebody believes in guns, I mean, there's all sorts of things. It's just right. conduct yourself as a respectful productive citizen that yeah. doesn't hurt anybody else but and, that, and it makes for the that better all goes, should be enough that should goes, that all but it's back not there in, yet that all goes back into interpretation exactly so, so here's my thing and, and i'm going to say this for the record for all those people out there heading after i am a closeted straight person just saying well that's breaking news yeah whatever that is but anyway okay Hey everybody, Scott here to take another 60 seconds to talk about a sponsor I'm very excited to have to your cron, Suburban Buzz. Suburban Buzz takes the sting out of your marketing costs. Get your business buzzing with web development, graphic design, social media, digital marketing, advertising, and publishing services all from Suburban Buzz. Visit SuburbanBuzz.com for more information. Now, the owner, Holly Shervisic, didn't ask me to read this part. I've used Holly's great services for many years. And I gotta say, when you're a small business like me and many of you, you need that excellent service. You need those quick answers and quick responses. That's what you get from Holly. That's what you get from Suburban Buzz. So check them out, suburbanbuzz.com.